Hey guys, welcome to Origin Gates Wisdom's Echo, and this is Stephen McKee. I just want to talk today about engaging the presence because all my life I have been hungry for the manifestation of God's presence. In this past year or so, I feel like God's been challenging me because we've learned a lot of stuff, a lot of knowledge, head knowledge even revelation knowledge, but I, I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with just knowledge. I want the knowledge of God. I want to know him. I want to know his presence. And I would read stories about, for example, Evan Roberts in Wales, who encountered God like three months before the Welsh revival in 1904. And he was taken up into the heavenlies and met God face to face for three months before revival came. And they carried the presence. The whole nation was set on fire. I mean, movements were birthed out of that revival. The apostolic church that I grew up in was birthed out of that revival. And my grandpa got saved out of that. And they had something of the presence of God, the manifestation of God. And, I mean, listen to this. This is a quote from John Wesley talking about <clears throat> Charles Finney. And he said, A man with massive fire... His appearance caused 200 souls to weep without any sermon. He rode on a horse through a city and people went down crying for salvation. What is that kind of presence that they carried, these saints of old? Like, you can read many stories about revivalists and the Celtic saints. For example, there was a young man in the Isle of Lewis in the Hebrides and he was only 16 years old and not long saved, I don't think. But somehow they entered into a presence of God that we don't have. And one day he prayed in, in the church. He was asked to preach, sorry, to pray. And as he prayed, the whole congregation fell back into a trance. And four miles away, four miles away, a whole village gets saved. Now, I don't know about you, but I want that kind of presence where God moves in whole regions and... Like Charles Finney, you can walk through a factory and the whole factory comes under the, the presence, the fear of God. They all cry out to God for mercy or lying in the ground weeping. Or like Peter on the day of, on the day of Pentecost, when he preached, 3,000 people, he said, were cut to the heart. Now, I've been on this journey because I want to engage the presence. And I've had my own story where I engaged the presence for something like, between eight, nine months to a year, something like that. And I would, when I say pray every day, I'll explain in a minute what I mean by prayer. It's really the prayer of silence. And I lay just with my, my hands up in the air and surrender. I would lie there sometimes seven, eight hours a day, nine hours a day, sometimes 12 hours a day, and sometimes nothing at all. So I'm not going to pretend I prayed every day I didn't. But... I would lie there, put on instrumental music. I would read stories about the Welsh Revival or Lewis Revival or even scriptures about um, encountering God, like Moses meeting God face to face. And I would use that as fuel to fuel the fire because I was so hungry. And then after a period of time, maybe a year, the presence of God came so powerfully in my room and it was like electric rain. I actually had to physically, physically close my eyes because the electric rain was actually falling everywhere and in my eyes and the presence and the power that came. 
and I remember looking at a book and it was it was by Smith Wigglesworth or about Smith Wigglesworth. He probably didn't write it. And it was called Baptised in the Spirit. And I remember looking at that book and thinking, I've got it. And there was a presence that came. And I'm so hungry for the presence. And what I want to share today is just some simple keys that God, but that I learned along the way. God revealed it, but I didn't know he was revealing it at the time. But I learned it along the way. And the first key is, when I was engaging God way back then, and I still do it now, is you need to learn, we need to learn, that the kingdom of God is within you. This itself is a revelation that can change everything, because sometimes we're looking outwardly for something to happen, and we're, we're looking for an outpouring or, or a revival somewhere, and that's not wrong. I mean, it's exciting, and, and it's like, I would go if there was some revival somewhere, but actually... You've got someone in you that's greater than revival. You've got Christ in you. And sometimes we, we can go looking elsewhere, not realising that Christ is in you, that manifest presence, the glory. God himself, Yahweh himself, is in you through Christ. The Spirit of God is in you. So the first step is realising that. The second is being still. The scripture says, be still and know that I am God. There's something, a hidden secret, if you like, in stillness. But not just stillness, focusing on Christ, focusing on the, the, the scripture, meditating on the word. Like um, releasing your hunger to God as you're being still, hungering after him, but realising he's within you. And it's only as you be still that you know he is God. In other words, you come into the knowledge of the holy you come into the knowledge of Yahweh when you're still. It's a key to be still, to still your soul, to still your thoughts, to train your mind. And what you discover as you're going down this journey, the prayer of silence, is your mind is learned, if you like, to, to not focus. It's learned to wonder because we've allowed it. We're not disciplined. So don't worry if that happens. What you do is you bring your thoughts back. You bring your thoughts captive. As soon as you realise that you don't condemn yourself, you don't feel shame, you, you simply turn back to that state of awe. You turn back to Christ, to meditating on his presence and on his beautiful presence. And, and then you just be still. And then you come into a knowledge of God. The third step really is by faith we enter the Holy of Holies. Um, Hebrews 10.19, this is the Passion Translation. It says, And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and with no hesitation. We've got to learn that we are allowed to go. Not just allowed, we're invited into the very holy place, the most holy place, that place where only the high priest could go once a year. We are invited in. There is no veil any longer. And remember, it's an inward journey. It's not outward, it's inward. And I love the story of Reese Hills, who, if you don't know who he is, you should get the book Reese Hills Intercessor, because that man in, in the Second World War and a few other people were a remnant. They were the ecclesia of their day, 
a bunch of hidden ones at the time who learned how to go beyond the veil in the spirit, in that realm of God, the depths of God that is beyond the sacred veil. And he actually was, he says himself, he was transported into another realm beyond the sacred veil and he learned to live there the rest of his life. And that's what we need. And we need to go there by faith. The next number four is to deal with distractions. I've already mentioned this. It is absolutely normal to begin with when you set out to pray in the prayer of silence to be distracted. But you just learn to bring your mind back. Use scripture. Meditate on the word. Because as you're meditating on the word, you're not really thinking about other things. And just bring your desire back. As soon as you wander off, bring your mind back. Um, <clears throat> number The next one really is obedience. Number five. Um, Leviticus 9.6 says, Moses said, You have done what the Lord commanded, so you will see the Lord's glory. In brackets he says, manifest presence. I just so love that because as we're obedient in life, if God tells you to do something, you do it. Because there's no point in praying and seeking God if you're not going to be obedient because it's in the place of obedience that he manifests his presence. Another one I discovered a real key is to seek him while he is near. Um, Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord Yahweh when he makes himself approachable. Call upon him when you sense he is near. What does that mean? It means you'll be going about life and sudden, suddenly or sometimes you will feel just the wooing of the Holy Spirit. It's at that point. You need to go and seek him because he's making himself available and he's got a purpose and he pulls you into him. That's why it's not self-effort because it's actually him wooing you and pulling you in. So when you sense he is near, then you seek him. And you, you've got to have faith and patience because <clears throat> Hebrews 6.12 says that you do not become sluggish but intimate through, sorry, in, but in Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It takes time. I sought God for a year, I think it was. And it was only after about a year that the presence, the manifest presence came. So you've got to have faith, belief that you're going to encounter God. He's going to make himself known to you. But it's also through patience because it all takes time. Another key is you've got to surrender your will. Um. There is a level of fellowship and experience of God that can only be obtained through complete death to ourself, will and life. Matthew 6.25 says, sorry, Matthew 16.25 For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. The next key is to meditate on the word. Like, for example, use Ephesians 1. I love that. It's one of my favourites. And you don't read quickly. You re read a phrase, then you meditate on it, think on it, digest it, let it go deeply, and begin to get the revelation of what it's really saying. It's not academic study that is useless in this kind of prayer. It's meditating on the word. Number 11, pray in tongues. Um... Maybe two minutes here, three minutes here, four minutes there. doesn't matter. Let it build up because it really builds up your spirit. 
and it, it makes you ready in a sense to to really move into the deeper things of God. And the next thing is worship. And I love this from this is a passion translation. And it's 2 Corinthians 3.18. And it says, We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So guys, I just hope those little keys help you. And let me just finish with this prayer. And and it says this, and this is from Fenelon. And it's a prayer of surrender. My God, I want to give myself to you. Give me the courage to do this. My spirit within me sighs after you. Take me. If I don't have the strength to give you everything, then draw me by the sweetness of your love. Lord, who do I belong to, if not to you? What a horror to belong to myself and to my passions. Help me to find all my happiness in you, for there is no happiness outside of you. Why am I afraid to break out of my chains? Do the things of this world mean more to me than you? Am I afraid to give myself to you? What a mistake. It is not even I who would give myself to you, but you who would give yourself to me. Take my heart. What joy it is to be with you, to be quiet, so that I might hear your voice. Feed me and teach me out of your depth, O God. You only make me love you. Why should I fear to give you everything and draw close to you? To be left to the world is more frightening than this. Your mercy can overcome any obstacle. I am unworthy of you, but I can become a miracle of your grace. Amen. So guys, I just hope this is giving you a few keys to, to really seek God for the manifest presence to really encounter him, not knowledge about him, not even revelation knowledge, but knowledge of the holy.